Murdoch. I'm coming to get you. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? I lied. Get off my plane. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. John, I'm not gonna shoot you between the eyes. I'm gonna shoot you between the balls. Your disease. I'm the cure. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. There can be only one. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. I'm going to kill them all, sir. What's going on, everyone? This is your host, Charlie. Here with me is my other host, Nate. Say hello to the people, Nate. What's up, everyone? This is a uh, another little special drop we're going to do. I know we actually didn't get one out last month, and I'm sorry. A lot of stuff was happening, and uh, I'm going to just blame Nate. I don't know Nate. what all in that month. Yeah, I'm just, basically, I'm just, you can't I'm, blame me because it was all on me. <laughs> not all. Not 100%. No, it was all on me. I was a very busy human being. And next thing I know, it's May. Like 98% Nate. That's what I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. 98% Nate. No, but normally we've been trying to have at least one interview episode a month. So that's why you get this special drop either a Saturday or Sunday. I have no idea. We're recording this ahead of time. So I'll just pick a day that no one else in the network is releasing something. Yeah, we're... uh... Recording on a day where I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to DoorDash, but I can't figure that out for the life of me. That's like trying to pick what to watch on Netflix. You're scrolling through me. I'm literally now. just scrolling through food as we record. No, going, no, no. Really good. dude, I am so tired. And then I go food. to Uber Eats. I go, oh, man, that looks really good. I, I don't know if I'm going to eat tonight. A, I live in BFE, so no one Uber Eats anything to me that isn't already a pizza. Uh, B... I don't want to pay any more money for food right now. This everything's oh, stupid expensive. This is desperation right now because I'm about to tip someone, pay a stupid <laughs> fee, pay extra money to have it delivered to me. But I'm stuck podcasting and I I can't go anywhere. Stuck. Yeah. Well, it's fine. This is important, Nate. Your food. Your food can wait. It is. But I'm just saying, like, how can I not get some queso and chips delivered to me at a decent price? It's all about that price, man. You got to entice the drivers to want to come to your house. That's what it is. Come to it. Just don't come through it. That's all I ask. <laughs> yeah, that only one of us have that issue. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, no, uh, I'm sure everybody saw the uh, title. We have an interview with Rob Davidson, writer, producer, actor, stuntman. He does uh, it all. Chuck Norris look alike. Sounds like he's going to be directing at this point. Uh yeah. So you guys will Editor? hear in the interview. Editor, that's what it'll call it. Editor, but we also know the other person that's editing this. Um, uh, he is doing a movie called The Ultimate Throwdown. It is an action horror movie. Hybrid. Uh love yeah. letter to eighties actionaire movies. I mean, I guess you could say. I don't know where people would get this idea that we're a podcast to talk about action horror movies I at all. I keep wanting to do just episodes on the Brave Little Toaster, but you won't let me. 
You're wearing me down, though. I did hear he goes into space. Yeah, he goes into space, so All right. getting closer. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there's face huggers for the brave little toaster. No! <laughs> no, so uh, we got to sit down with Rob Davidson and talk about his upcoming movie. We're still kind of waiting on a release date. We haven't seen it, although... This is kind of the fun part of getting in early on production with some of these movies that we're, you know, these people we're becoming friends with. Rob just started sending me a bunch of like behind the scenes, like uh, edits and scenes from the movie. And all I can say is, holy shit. We saw uh, there's some cool stunts. There's an SUV versus airplane, there's an SUV crashing through a warehouse. And then we saw uh, the the uh, the SUV is actually getting top billing in the movie. I think so. It should be like the ultimate SUV. Take it goes SUV. Chris Lytle. <laughs> Chris Lytle's in this MMA cage fighters. Felissa Rose uh, from Sleepaway Camp is in this. We'll go through. You'll hear basically everyone that's in this in the interview. Um, but yeah, this we got in contact with him through our friends uh james brenton and uh, bobby easley who you guys may remember from our witch house interview uh bobby is in this movie so that's going to be kind of a little fun little throwback to see him and cool it. to see bobby it is and i know james is working on the production into stuff i think he is one of the final editors uh that they're doing a lot of the work through so we kind of got some ties into this and uh like i said we've seen a few of the clips of what's coming on we're excited it's you'll hear rob talk about it but basically it's chuck norris meets a supernatural strong beast i guess I, we have think we um, haven't seen we don't we know what he looks not like to have it spoiled for us yeah all, all you we know guys. no so there's no spoilers. This is mostly just about the process of going through the, you know, where to film awesome stuff about how, how much help they got from the neighboring area to even, you know, get this film done. But you're going to hear all this in the, in the episode. So there's no reason for us to rehash it right now. So, well, Nate, there's no trailer or anything for this yet. So, uh, I say we just drop a commercial break and then roll right into the interview. What do you say? I love it. Let's get into us. That way, future us are talking to Rob. Fantastic. Or past us. Oh, that's right. Past us. It's diddly, diddly, diddly. future us when this drops. But Ew. past us. Trippy. Is this what Doctor Strange is about? The Transformers will return after these messages. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Killboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Dangerous Dan Colley, the Professor Jimmy Street, and the Plastic Sheik Jared are the undisputed six-man tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this trio does it all, and all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down with me, Stompy, and my brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben, three times a month as we review monster movies from around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and trivia. Not only that, Frank, but you will find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and the Friday Night Fights, each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So, please join us at the Monster Movie Stop Now. Your one-stop chomp for monster movie reviews, news, interview, trivia, laughs, and of course me, Stompy. And Frank. We now return to the Transformers. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you the meaning of life or anything as we do this, so hopefully <laughs> sh- oh, we should roll right. pretty smoothly. <laughs> Unless Nate had that wrote down, I'm not sure. <laughs> He's looking at his nope, notes. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got the one question I always ask. But that'll be yeah, Nate, Nate has his, his uh, patented end of the interview question. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> now what got me into this back in... I think it was 1979. Uh, Bill Wallace did a movie with Chuck Norris called Force of One. Yeah, and, oh, great and, movie. And Bill, he was born here in Portland, same town I was born in. So that was kind of a big deal, you know, back then. You know, local, local boy. Local movie, like having. Movie. And that kind of what inspired me to do it. Yeah. So, and then in, uh, I think it was 85, the uh, guy by the name of Ivan Rogers was doing an action movie in Indianapolis. And I went down and was in it. I was a fighter, a thug in a warehouse fight scene. Nice. And then me and him got to be pretty good friends. And then he kept doing movies. And then, you know, I got, had kids come along and I kind of put myself on like a 20 year hold. And then in the late 2000s, yeah. is I, I was getting back into it. So I started writing this movie. It's mainly an action movie. Now, have you ever written before? Or was it kind of like, screw it, I bet I can write an action movie? Well, this Ivan Rogers, he sent me the software, or told me what software he used. And I got that software, and I just started playing around with it. And I had this idea for a movie, and he said, hey, it sounds pretty good. So I just started hammering it out. Finally got it wrote, and then it took a long time, you know, to get to the point where I could start doing it. But right. and then I had to change some things because over that course of time, so many things that changed. I had to change like locations in the script, 
and I'm talking like a 10 year span. So there was even things that I was doing in the movie. I had to change because I was getting too old to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, 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 I can see that being an issue. <laughs> Cause I had some pretty flashy stuff in it 10 years ago. <laughs> a buddy and I have been like casually working on like a vampire smut novel on the uh-huh. side for like, we haven't touched it in like a year and a half though, because we thought it'd be fun to do during COVID lockdown. And then yeah. we've kind of just gotten away from it. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to reread that. What we've written like 50, <laughs> 60 some pages so far. And then I guarantee we're going to be like, well, 30 pages of that is just pure shit. So throw that <laughs> out. So like, yeah, like unless you have like a full-time job to just dedicate to writing, it, it's hard right. to finish that type of stuff. I was working second shift over at the foundry, and when I'd come home at night... Yeah, you gotta keep the lights on. You know, I would stay up to like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and ride a little bit every night. Get a little bit right. of sleep and go back to work. Well, that's the life of a family man. You squeeze yeah. in your, your hobbies yeah. between life and work. Your drive <laughs> to work is basically your time to be like, what if I did this? Uh-huh. And then maybe you'll actually have time to write it down if you remember by the time you park and get distracted by right. actually yeah. working. If you're me, it just boils down to how bad you want to do something. I like True. that. No, yeah. I, I think that is the thing. I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles. Everyone's like, I want to do this, then do it. Yeah. Well, this happened or this it's goes on. It's just scary. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I would love to be killed in a movie. Kill me in a movie, please, someone. We, we killed a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so you wrote this movie for a while now, and now it's kind of morphed into what you guys have already been filming. So real quick, it's called The Ultimate Takedown, or Throwdown. Sorry. Throwdown, The Ultimate Throwdown. The Ultimate Throwdown, throwdown, right? throwdown Charlie. Yeah. I wrote it down and I glanced. <laughs> My brain <laughs> went dyslexic moment. Take. Yeah. But the thing that really kind of keyed me in, so and the, you're friends with uh, Bobby and James, who uh-huh. they've been on the show. That's how we kind of got tied together. What's really got me curious is it says this action movie mixed with horror. Uh huh. So what's some of the horror aspects you're throwing yes, in? Please okay. don't spoil it's, anything. Yeah. But, but let us know yeah. because of being an action slash horror podcast. I was like, really? Like I, I didn't get that vibe from what, well, when I first wrote this movie, it was, it was mainly action, but then I seen the, the horror genre, how big a fan base it had. So I thought, well, I'm going to put a horror element in this. So this movie really has two, it's like a dual plot. It's kind of like if I had to describe it, it's like lone wolf McQuaid, Silent Raids and Friday the 13th combined into one movie. Wow. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So I'm listening. <laughs> the movie, I, I play a U.S. Marshal, which is, I'm also a retired cage fighter, and I retired undefeated. Well, the villain in the movie is Kane Morgan, played by Chris Lights Out Lytle from the UFC. Yep. And he also. Okay, nice. Okay. I didn't realize he was the villain. Yeah, he's the villain. And he also was in the. UTC, the ultimate throwdown challenge. We couldn't go UFC, so we went UTC. And he also retired undefeated. So that clip I showed you of me going through the door, Mm -hmm. that's when we go in and we bust him. And there's a big final fight between me and Chris in that scene where we're we're walking in a circle holding guns on each other. And I'd look at him. I ask him, I say, do you want my O? He goes, oh, yeah. And I throw my gun down. I say, all you got to do is come get it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. I like that. 
So me and him go now, at was it. Was it sweet to be like looking at Chris Lyle like, oh yeah, I'm about to fight an ex-UFC fighter. <laughs> like there has to be a moment where we're like, oh shit. <laughs> but I've known Chris for a long time. Me and him used to train together and work out together. So we pretty oh, much nice. knew we pretty much knew each other pretty well. So we we made it look really real. So that came oh, out awesome. really well. Yeah, to tell everybody out there. So when we were setting up this interview, I kept asking Rob, like, is there anything I need to be like reading or checking out well he just went ahead and started sending me behind the scenes clips of like all these stunt action things that are happening in the movie yeah. and i'm just like, like an suv bursting through a garage door yeah. which looks awesome yeah. i'm staring at my phone going this is badass i can't wait to watch there's this. another one where i feel like was it just a head exploding after it gets shot because <laughs> i feel like everyone in this movie should just explode after they get shot even if it's well, with like a nine millimeter round in the very first <laughs> of the movie in the very first of the movie you see me with an ar and i got a metal ammo can that says exploding projectiles military use only and you see me explode something with that well you don't see that again until the very end of the movie when i'm fighting robert mutes robert he oh, plays nice. the, he plays the bad guy on the horror side of it He's a chemically altered, genetically engineered killer. He, you can't stop him. You shoot him, he keeps on coming. As all good movies have. have all, as all that name's familiar. Is it, is, wasn't he in House of a Thousand Corpses? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Mukes? Yep. Okay. That's he stands about 6'10", 6'11". So that really made it. He's a, he's a big dude. Yeah. So when me and him fight in the end of the movie, that you know that's really the ultimate throwdown, me and him going at it. Nice. I dig that. Then when we did the, the, the warehouse raid, Bill Superfoot Wallace, he plays my boss in this movie. Now, that's a name I recognize whenever I was uh, reading stuff on, the, on yeah. the movie. There's really three different fights going on. Him and his guy, then Michelle Manu, she's, she plays my partner in the movie. She's fighting two okay. guys, and I'm fighting Lytle. Then at the end, where we, we all three win our fights, of course. And then at the end, we're well, all... As one we, does when you write the movie. Yeah. And then we're all, the three of us are standing there. We're talking about, well, yeah, we finally got him busted. And then uh, Michelle looks at Bill and says, man, that was some good kicks, Captain. You really did good. And I look at Michelle and I say, don't tell him that shit. She says, well, why? I said, it, <laughs> it inflates his ego. He already thinks he's super. Fun. Then he looks at the camera, you know, like. <laughs> this a little like, end you know, joke. A little, <laughs> that. A little fourth wall barrier look. break. A little yeah. wink and a nod. I dig it. <laughs> That's awesome. Very beginning of the movie, me and Mukes, we get into it at this abandoned asylum where he's hiding out. He gets put in a coma and he almost kills me. So throughout the movie, after I'm chasing the, the mob, you see Robert laying in the hospital, slowly coming out of his coma. And then okay. and finally he wakes up completely up and then he starts killing everybody in the hospital and escapes and goes back to the asylum. And then, but it, it just happens to be the, I got a daughter in the movie, her and some of her friends, they go on this ghost hunt at this asylum, but they don't know he's escaped and in there. So he's going around, he tries to kill them. And then Michelle Morris, who plays my wife in the movie, she goes out there too. And Robert, cat, his character catches him and throws him in this jail cell that's out. But make a long story short, okay. I end up there. I have to save them too, and then I've got to fight Mukes again, and then finally put an end to him for good. Nice. <laughs> so I dig it. So it's it's an action movie 
with all the ba- you know action movie tropes that we expect in a movie right. with some supernatural elements mixed into it. Uh-huh. I dig it. I'm I'm you know when we've where we do the action and horror, we've looked into like movies like Hero in the Terror, Code of Silence, uh-huh. movies like that. Like I even watched uh, Death Warren again the other day with Van Damme. I love when they mix a little bit of horror or supernaturalism uh-huh. into an action movie. I think it's just a nice little flavor. And I, that's kind of what got me more excited. I'll watch any action movie, but whenever you were like, we're going to throw a horror element into this, I was like, I am 1000% in. I think yeah. Yeah, it's just something that doesn't happen too often anymore. Yeah. No, no. There's definitely a uh, 70s and 90s. And we did this, you know, the old 80s style movie. Everything is practical. I mean, we didn't use any CGI's. Yeah. I mean, nice. well, I mean, that's um, the way to go. Yeah. I mean, do it the old canon way. Yeah. You know, yeah. put the budget into things blowing up, and you know, maybe some blood squibs or some explosions or right. you know anything like that. Yeah, and that one explosion we did, I had I called a pyrotechnician in Chicago. They was going to charge me ten grand to come down here and do that. Ooh. So, so what Ooh, I did really so ten grand of the budget, boom, right so there. So what I did. I, I got to thinking, I said, I can do this myself. So I went to Rural King, I bought $30 worth of tanner, right? <laughs> All right. And I, bought yeah. a lo- I bought a loaf of bread and some cottage cheese and a bunch of fake blood. So I back off about, I don't know, 70 yards. And I had a, a target to hit about the size of a 50 cent piece. And it was at night. I had to wear my glasses, but I hit it and mm-hmm. it came out perfect. I think I sent you that clip. That must be the one with the head exploding. Yeah, man. no, that you. Nice. That was actually that me was that right. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, did you film this like just in your free time, like in the weekends at nighttime? Like, how did that all work out? We did this like a week at a time. I brought everybody in. We shot the horror horror elements one week, and then we shot the action element the other week, and then I think we did that two different times. Everybody came. There was two separate. We ended up shooting like four weeks, but we, you know, we worked all every day through the week, which was a little more costly. No, that's than not bad instead of being like, well, it took a year and a half to film because of you know scheduling or anything like that. Right. Like boom, boom, boom. Let's get this rolling. It's like they're there. If I mean, especially if you're flying people in or they're driving in. Yeah. You know, while they're there let's film we'll we'll take a nap then we'll film some more right you know it's it's what you have to do on the independent circuit i mean yeah i had to fly i had to fly mukes in i had to fly bill in i had to fly michelle in then goldie mack he played the mayor i'd he drove from texas he was on walker he did all the stunt work on walker texas ranger for trevette for like eight seasons nice holy crap that's a nice steady job to have yeah have you ever thought about doing stunt work like that uh, like, yeah, I did all my own stunts in this movie. I set everything up, used my own props. And, well, you're like, hey, if we're going to film it, I'm going to do it. That way it's more real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Luckily, I didn't get hurt on anything, but there was some cl- close yeah, calls. <laughs> yeah, One close call, you realize why you're supposed to have stunt doubles if your yeah. face is on. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking at work today. I was like, I don't get on a skateboard anymore because like, even if a skateboard were to hit me in the shin, I'm going to be pissed off. And then I won't be able to do my job. So yeah, yeah, we're 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 like, not young bucks as the anymore. older you get. Yeah, it's like I can't even take a tumble. <laughs> but that that day we uh, shot at the airport. What that scene is is there's four city police in two vehicles. They bring Lytle's character in 
and they're going to fly him out because they think there's another marshal's there with the extradition papers, which is he's a crooked marshal. He's making his escape. Okay. They take off. The jet goes in taxis. Then I come in in that black Tahoe in my vehicle. I stop and I ask him, I said, is that Morgan on that plane? He said, yeah, they had extradition papers. So I go out on the runway and the planes start to take off. And I'm, you know, we're playing chicken. We're coming at each other head on. And he takes off and just misses me. And then I stop and I get out and I unload my gun on it. But what made that really <laughs> intense was we practiced that. The pilot that done that was gutsy like I was. Right. So we, pra- we practiced that in the daytime. We had our marks and everything where I was supposed to stop, where he was going to take off. Well, by the time we shot it, it was getting dark. And I didn't take it into account. He was going to have his landing lights on. So we're coming at each other. He's got his landing lights on, and I can't see where in the hell I'm at. And the cameraman's sitting beside me. He's starting to freak out. He said, we're going to hit. I said, hang on. No, we're not. And that if you watch that clip I sent, you you see the plane out my window as he takes off, and you hear it. just going, boom. So he, we only missed by about ten feet. Oh, I, yeah, no, you said. <laughs> sent, as soon as you sent it to me and I watched it, I sent it to Nate so he would know. And I'm watching <laughs> yeah. this, and I feel the fear in everyone else in the car. Was that Bobby in the back seat too? Yeah, that was Bobby down? in the back seat. I see Bobby's head poke up. <laughs> oh, he is. He was expecting that landing gear to go through the top of the, the vehicle <laughs> right there, which was just added to the shot. Come on now. And then, I, how, you know, honestly, if you got the dialogue, I would, I would save all that dialogue from everyone because that was real. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was pretty. That was fun. That got a little, a little intense. And then Hal was talking. He said, "Do we need to get that again?" He said, "Because I could do a flyby and get it." I said, "Well, yeah." And yeah. what he meant was, he he comes in like he's going to land, but he don't land. He just stays about 10, 15 foot off the off the runway, and then then takes off again. And I asked him, right. I, I asked him, I said, well, how close can you get to the Tahoe? He said, well, I can get close enough to blow that light bar off. Holy crap. Oh, nice. And I said, well, don't blow the light bar off, but, but get that close. So we did that. And we right. got that, and that, it came out really good. So that way you kind of have the ability to splice in the head on. Right. And then cut it to where he's going basically over your hood. Yeah. That's awesome. I, yeah. I dig that a lot. That's a talented pilot. That's what that is. That's a man who played a lot of Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator. Or GTA, one of the two. And I'll bet that guy took off. He took off seven or eight times. And he'd just make a circle yeah. and then land again. And so we could get all the different shots we needed. I mean, they, he was really nice. He that's really awesome, got into it. I mean, and that's, you know, when you think about watching these action movies, like we'll sit down and we'll watch these canon movies. And they've like gotten people in the military to come out and help them film. They'll get a real tank out on the thing. And you're just sitting there going, how do you talk someone into letting you do that? Like money only goes so far. You still need someone to go, I'll drive or I'll pilot or something to that effect. So it's like, you got to find a crazy son of a bitch to be willing to just, yeah, I'll buzz your car. And that guy guy was going on. I just I just paid him for some fuel and he done it. And then I called the chief of police in Portland, asked him if I could get a policeman and a car to escort Chris's character Morgan to the plane. He said, "Yeah, I'll send them out." So he sent out the guys that were on duty. We got four cops and two vehicles to come out to do that. And you know they didn't charge me nothing for it. They was just happy to do it. Now, 
I'm going to ask a question, and I, I don't know. This is the first time I've gotten to ask anything about an action movie. Like, how many permits are involved in this, or is a lot of this more like guerrilla style? Let's hurry up and get this shot, and Shoot then let's get fly. out of here. Well, in Indiana, as long as you got permission from the property owner, you don't have to get a permit. Okay. Well, that's a good oh, really? rule to have. Yeah. So a friend of mine had the you know the vacant factory. He just he just let me use it, and that doubled as the hospital, the police station. And the warehouse fight scene. So we got three different locations out of one place. You had your own studio. You were just ready yeah, to go. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's awesome. Jeez. That's how all that should work, man. You, you you see where they spend like millions upon millions of dollars to make movies. And then you got guys right. out here, the, the independent, working on, you know, $50,000. And they can right, still put yeah. out a good product. You know, I dig that stuff, man. And the way that clip and me going, driving that Tahoe through that wall, mm-hmm. what we done, I had a couple Amish friends. We did, that's an overhead door right there. We just raised the door. And then in that hole, we built that fake wall. Makes sense. Oh, so okay. you're not no, actually damaging sense. the door. No, we didn't damage anything no. other than the material I bought to build the fake wall. You know, bought an and then because of Amish people building it, it was ready in 20 minutes. Yeah. Then when we was done, we just cleaned up the mess and then shut the overhead door. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of the things, like what Nate and I have done with a lot of these interviews is we, we, we're we liking that we can interview like independent filmmakers, writers mm-hmm. and stuff, because I feel like they get to be the most creative. You you have a set amount of money to, to make your vision happen, and then they get so creative on how they use that and to still pull off what they kind of, I mean, everyone would yeah, love to have Yeah, you got to use a, your budget to your creativity, basically. Yeah. So, you know, I you know, I never thought about, well, you're going to bust through a door. How much did that door cost you? No, you raise the door up and you go spend 100 bucks on some materials. It was a little more than that. But. <laughs> well, nowadays it is. Yeah. I'm a contractor. I understand. So, yeah, um, you should know the cost of woods and material right now, Charlie. Yeah. Well, I didn't know when cheap. it was filmed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A one month something can cost double than it does for right the drunk woman hitting my house, materials were cheap. <laughs> That's true. You're lucky she didn't hit you later in the house. Yeah. But no, I'm but I mean, even still cheaper than an overhead door, cheaper oh, than yeah. damaging, you know, true. a guy that's letting you use your property. You know, and I, I just I love that thought. You know, it's and to be able to to just kind of get a warehouse. I mean, yeah. that's a dream for a lot of filmmakers. It's like, right, oh, we yeah. have, like you just said, we have all these places that we can designate as sets. You're not tearing something down or you're not going, we only got two days to film in this location. We got to do everything right now and hope we don't have to go mm-hmm. reshoot. That's kind of a luxury not every independent filmmaker gets. And I think Right, awesome. yeah. And I was really fortunate. The town of Portland and the town of Winchester, which was the two cities we filmed this in, they was tickled to death. You know, they would do anything to help and didn't charge anything. And just like the we were shooting a scene in Winchester, shows me coming to the courthouse in that Tahoe with the red lights on. Well, the mayor himself come down there in blue jeans that day and helped us direct traffic. No way. <laughs> that's awesome. I love And, you know, where I, I'm, I'm small town, you know, so that's where I'm at. I would feel like if I tried to film down here, I'd get that same kind of. You know, the mayor runs the hardware store in our town. So, you know, he will come out in blue jeans and anything like that. So I I really appreciate whenever, whenever they try to be as, you know, 
accommodating uh-huh. to you. And, you know, and what do you, all, all you got to do is what? Put a thanks at the end of the credits, you know, thanks yeah, to the town, put everybody's name in it. City. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's, it's text, but everybody loves that. Yeah, and we really had fun with that opening scene. My character gets hurt really bad, almost dying, and then Mukes' character gets put in a coma. They sent out three cop cars and an ambulance to help us with that scene because they're putting me in the ambulance, taking me to the hospital. And the two EMTs, I mean, they bring out the gurney, put it down, they grab me, they throw me on the gurney, load me up, and away we go. So they were just happy to help. Oh, yeah, they was tickled to death. They was having all kinds of fun. And they'd done that. Nice. <laughs> We'd done that like, I don't know, six or seven takes where they come rushing in with their lights and siren on. And it was, yeah, it came out really good. They even come up with their own dialogue, and it turned out great. Oh, nice, because, yeah, you're getting, like, the realistic dialogue that they already use yeah, you, on the you, job day to day. Unless you do it every day, they're going to use the terms right. that you yeah. couldn't think to write. Yeah, I like that. That's, I mean, then that just adds to that level of realism that sometimes you don't get in these movies. I yeah, like that a lot. Because the, there, I think there was like five or six policemen and two paramedics, and the, the chief of police is the one of them that came out. And he asked me, he said, how do you want us to do this? And I just took the line from the movie that I was on the radio. I said, just do it. Like you got a call, that officer need, there's an officer down, officer needs backup, and I need a bus. He said, okay, we got it. And that's what they did. They come in first. They jumped out. They secured the area. In come the ambulance, loaded me up, and away we went. Fantastic. It I looked love really that. good. I mean, it was just like they went to a real call, and they, they did great. I mean, them guys knew what knew what they were doing. You're like, right. in case of an actual emergency, I feel more comfortable. Now they're now. on standby. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I told him. That's I said, just look like you got this actual call. And they didn't know what they was going to come up on when they got there either. Also, they're kind of almost getting like a first-time reaction, too. It's not yeah, like right. rehearsed. Or Again, where are you going to get that anywhere else? Right. That's, that's amazing, actually. That's why I like doing these things. This is That scene That scene there, when that when that ended, Mukes is, is slamming me up against a bunch of walls going down a cement rail. And then when we get towards the middle of the rail, he throws me over the rail, which I had to land on the ground about mm-hmm. a about a five six foot fall but i rolled out of it and laying there then he walks around and comes up to me and that's when i pull my gun out and empty it on him so he's laying there shot six times or knows more than that and i'm all busted up on the inside i pass out and i'm just laying there then he's laying there shot then they come up and that's what they come up on ah so it's kind of like this they have no idea the good guy bad guy right scenario oh that's awesome so like when you were writing or when you were like, I guess going to shoot a scene, were you watching like other movies or like, was there anything that was an inspiration to you the whole time? Were you like, ah, this is what I have in my head. Whether it be like a lone wolf McQuaid situation. Yeah. This is my character in this movie is just about like lone wolf McQuaid. You know, you got the long hair beard. I do things my way. I drive the old Tahoe because I'm too stubborn to get a new one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no I, wa- I wanted to tell everybody real quick because you're talking about lone wolf mcquaid when bobby and james told me like hey rob davidson's doing this movie look him up on instagram or on facebook he's the guy that looks like chuck norris <laughs> and it's true rob looks like chuck norris to us oh, especially in his so. pictures when it was shared with me too i was like <laughs> i wish i had a, a dollar for every time i've heard that 
<laughs> well, I'm sure, but I have our audience probably haven't met you and they'll see a picture when we do the post, but I was like, they need to understand when he's talking Chuck, I feel like I'm talking to Chuck right now. <laughs> but, but as far as, yeah, there's, there's some things in Lone Wolf McQuaid and Silent Rage that kind of give me ideas for this. I mean, I didn't copy them, but it gave me the ideas on how oh, I wanted to do well, it. No, but it's just that like inspiring where you're like, oh, hey, you know what? This is how they used to do it back in the day. I kind of want to yeah. do the same thing. Well, look, everything's been written. Almost everything's been filmed to a degree, so it's just peppering in a little bit of everything and trying yeah. to make it your own. As there's much only as you can. so many ways you, know? you can do something, you know. Right. Yeah, like our buddy Derek that we interviewed, he's like, "There's only so many different ways that you can like film a person's throat being slashed." So right, you know, yeah. you gotta get creative with it. Yeah, I've sent him a couple messages on ways I want to see people get killed in a movie, and I think he likes a lot of my suggestions. Yeah, I, <laughs> belt grinder. I'll just leave it at that. Belt grinder. Ooh, a belt yeah. grinder would be awesome. I think that would be a fantastic kill. <laughs> and this movie doesn't have a lot of really gory stuff in it. It's more of the Hitchcock. You're wondering when it's gonna happen, not so much as what's gonna happen. The suspense being built. Yeah. No, and that, and that works. I mean, there I, there's tons of action movies out there that aren't like gore filled or even yeah. with a, t a huge body count yeah we they're just still did excellent above the law and like above the law is really not that bloody yeah it's just very impactful of every punch yeah. it's very impactful. but i was kind of proud of this movie because there's only one really gore scene and that's where it looks like he rips out the throat of one girl that's really the goriest part of it there's no nudity Man, in it. i love a good throat ripping yeah there's no nudity there's really not that bad language. You know, I dropped the F-bomb two or three times in the movie, but it's, you know, I mean, it's it's warranted. But, other, you know, it's just a good well, story. There's a story between me and my screen wife. She fi We finally separate because she can't take, you know, not worrying about me coming home and da-da-da-da-da. The lifestyle to yeah, you know, the be lifestyle. a wife or a marshal or the character, yeah. Right. And, you know, it, it kind of gets into that a little bit you got to have something that breaks up all the scenes in the action, you know, as much right, as we all yeah. love action movies and it goes action, action, action. There still has to be a story. There still has to be something that's going pushes on. it forward. So that way we know like, Oh, yeah. this is what yeah. we want to care about our character. We've got like three kids in the movie, two daughters and a son. Although I'm rough, my character, you know, is rough. I do shit on my own, but you know, I do have a family and my daughter, yeah, Emma Shelton plays my daughter in this, Katie, and it shows the closeness between me and her. Awesome. So, no, I, I think as a family man, I would expect you to kind of write it that way too. I mean, yeah. you know, it's and I've got four kids in real life, so I was gonna say, do you have like the equivalent amount of kids in real life? But okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I've got four kids, oh, and I've got uh, five grandkids. <laughs> Woo! That's a full house. And I got the sixth one on the way. That's a busy holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> Best thing to come out of this movie, I met my fiance. Oh, nice. I, I wanted to ask about that because I had been following whenever you guys were filming. Mm -hmm. And we were aware of her because she stars in Witch House. She's the, the lead in that with yeah. uh, Bobby and James. Mm -hmm. And I had friended you on Facebook. And then I saw a post and I'm like, she looks familiar. Mm -hmm. oh oh okay they they're engaged fantastic that's awesome news yeah yeah we met on set and things just 
it went really great. And that's the best thing that came out of this Perfect. movie for me. Nice. There you go. Oh, that's excellent. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of the rest of the cast in the movie, if you don't care. Okay. We've got, well, you know, Bill Superfoot Wallace. He plays my boss. Chris yep. Lights Out Lytle plays the Kane Morgan, the mob boss. Got Goldie Mack playing the mayor. Michelle Manu is playing Kim Kahola, which she is my partner okay. in the movie after my first partner got killed. And as uh, they usually do in these movies. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta have your partner get killed. That's and then so we cool. got Robert Mukes playing Lucas Wagner. He's playing the the unstoppable killer that I have to finally stop in the end. Okay. And then the about everybody else, you know, is just local people that did a really good job. Right. And then Michelle Moore, she plays Donna Cooper, my wife. Um underneath the credit listing it has Felissa Rose. Does she have a pretty Oh yeah, Felissa Rose. She plays Samantha Sam Mackey. She was my partner at one time too. She does the investigative work. All your partners just keep getting killed? Well, no, she's not killed. She just got transferred to a different (laughs) part of the building. (laughs) I was gonna say, like, are you just rotating partners? Like, damn it, Chief, I can't have a new partner. They all die. Well, when you see the movie, you'll see why I had Felissa play my old, another old partner. No, it's awesome. Right. I mean, her being the killer from Sleepaway Camp is just like to add in that that horror movie element to your action film. It's it's cool to see when she pops up on yeah. stuff. She was recently in Columbus, but I unfortunately was not able to attend. Yeah, way to go, Nate. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh-huh. You let us down. <laughs> You let us down, Bubba. Nah. <laughs> so it's a pretty full cast, man. I, what? Uh, so I have to ask, because I'll get reamed if I don't. What did Bobby do in the film? What was his role in the movie? Bobby played one of the fighters. He was in the bar fight, both bar fights. He was one of the fighters in the warehouse, and then he was the assistant DP, director. Oh, Bobby nice. did quite a bit. So he got way into it. Oh, yeah. yeah that, I he, like he's Bobby. A work, he's a worker. He did really good. He really is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he he he's a hoot. I I talk to him probably weekly, and he you know, and when you were when he was on set, he was just sending me like, "This is what we're doing today. Check this out. You got to talk to all these people. Here's everyone's name." Yeah, and- it sounded like he was a kid in a candy shop. Like, oh man, cause yeah. Like, <laughs> I know Bobby usually does more like horror movies and stuff like that, and like for him to be on an action shoot, we, Charlie and I were both like, "Oh, cool, nice, man." Yeah. But yeah. yeah, he was super hyped, and it was just like that's how he's like. Look up Bob, you know Rob Davidson. Send him a friend request. Uh, I'm over here. I just talked to Felissa Rose today. I just uh, here's Chris Lytell. He's gonna follow you on Instagram. Uh, and I was that Chris Lytell's following me on Instagram. So I'm like, yeah. holy shit, Bobby. <laughs> he, just, he loves it, man. He loves that. He loves the filmmaking. Big yeah. shout out to Bobby. Yeah, Chris. He was really great. He's within driving distance. Anytime I needed him, he'd just pop in, pop in his Jeep and drive up. And he was always asking me, say, hey, when are we going to do it again? When are we going to do it again? Yeah, I bet he was <laughs> He was really loving all that. Oh, yeah, he was really liking it. So out of, now that you've done it, and I know you said you still got a little bit more to do, and it's now in the edit. and um, Post-production kind of thing. Post-production. Mm-hmm. So take away, take away the airplane coming at your head or exploding something. What was some of the things that whenever you were filming the movie that either a surprised you of how difficult they were, or were probably some of your favorite parts that you weren't expecting to be a favorite part of making a movie? Oh, some of the fight scenes were not what I expected. Okay. Like more in depth for fighting. 
Yeah, you know, having yeah. the repetition, doing the same thing over and over, making sure you got it right, the same, so it looked good. I've heard a lot of them talk like it's almost like a dance. It's learning the each movement with right. the other person. Yeah, we especially much, when you throw in a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, we pretty much choreographed everything, so whoever was fighting knew what they were doing. Well, yeah, definitely. You like you got professionals, right? <laughs> yeah, and I brought brought in some pro wrestlers for the fight scene, so you know I could hit them pretty good, and they could take it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not everything has to be this like wild swing that you can always right. tell is a miss. I like the ones where you go. He really did hit him, didn't he? <laughs> You're like, yeah, he hit him. Yeah. This is exactly why I'd rather be in a horror movie than an action movie because I don't want to get punched. <laughs> yeah. like, nah, just stab me a bunch of times. Blow me up. Do something like that. <laughs> One scene that really stands out is uh, my partner that plays Kim Keahola. Her and her girlfriend are sitting in the bar, and this guy comes up and starts harassing them. Well, I happen to be in the bar, too. Starts harassing them. And then I come up there, and I tell that guy, I said, I tell him, I say, uh, you don't want to do that. Trust me, which I'm saying, trust me on almost mm-hmm. a lot of things in the movie. So that's kind of my punchline trademark. That's your catchphrase. <laughs> catchphrase, Everybody's got a catchphrase. Yeah. And he says, well, what are you going to do about it? And I'm standing there smoking, holding a drink. And I go, it's not what I'm going to do about it. It's what she's going to do about it. And I just walk away. And then she ends up whipping three guys. Then I walk up to her. I mean, you got to know earlier in the movie because we kind of had a little disagreement but i come up there then i yeah. put my hand out then we get up we just start dancing over these bodies she just whipped <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's awesome stuff though i mean yeah. that's I, I i i like that kind of dynamic it sounds like that's going to be in this film so yeah do you have an idea i know it's still super early on stuff but do you have like an original idea of when you're wanting to have this released or I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I'd like to release. I'd like to release this right around Halloween. Ooh, that'd oh, be that'd good. be cool. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I'm shooting for. I don't know. I think we might make it. I, but I'm not going to guarantee it. But that's kind of what I'd like to do. It's independent filmmaking. You can't guarantee really anything. Right. Anything can be a hiccup, or you know, like you say, you may have to get a, a couple like new shots of something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It. it until you start seeing some of the uh, more put together film, right? It makes exactly. sense, but it, it's good to have a goal though, because otherwise it just feels like it's probably just always there. Like, Oh, it's almost done. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's almost done. Then yeah. three years later, Oh, it's almost done. You know, right. so having yeah. a goal like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think having a goal is a very realistic, you know, expectation to have. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Well, um, is there anything else about the movie you'd like to tell everybody about? Like I said, we don't want to spoil nothing or anything, but do you feel like we've kind of covered? Yeah, it's got some turn twists and turns in it. It's going to be a good movie to go watch. It's going to be probably a 100-minute movie. Yeah, it's something you, oh, nice. you want to go see. Now, is that about how long you thought it would be, or did you think like, oh, man, am I even going to have 45 minutes of material here? Because uh, I, I feel like that would be one of my fears. Like, oh, man, did I did I write enough? Do I have enough action? Do I did, did I do enough, or am I cutting myself short? No, I think it's going to be a, you know full length. It's going to come out really nice. good. It'll be a full hundred minutes. That's a good goal to have. Yeah, yeah oh, that's awesome. That's solid. Well, Rob, I wanted to I want to thank you for coming on here, well, Nate. Nate, you have a you always ask our interviewees a question. Rob, I have the same question I ask everyone around okay. here. Okay, and you may not have an answer, and that's fine. But Shrek one or Shrek two. 
Who? <laughs> oh, I like that one that's too. That's a good answer. <laughs> Nate loves the movies Shrek I love one the movie and Shrek, Shrek 1 two. and Shrek 2. Fan of Shrek 3, but prefer the animated, you know, Michael Myers classic. <laughs> but you know what? I'll take the answer of who. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that will, what? That, that's uh Two and two, two and two now you've got? Yeah. I've had slash my own throat and who? But I can say this. I can say this. Michelle and I are working on a new project. I was going to say, do you have anything else like down the pipeline? Yeah, we're working on a sequel to this already. Oh, shit. Really? Really? So I kind of left it open. I kind of left it open. I can for sure go three different ways with a sequel or I can do three more wow oh, nice but i'm not going to give Boy. away the very end but no no don't. no no, no but i don't like that it. you are uh in this mindset of like no i want to keep doing this but I there's want definitely three further this story three different sequels and the fact that you have three different ways that feels like a choose your own adventure so after this movie is out and played matt cooper will definitely be back hell yeah in this day and age of movie making and you know in hollywood where they wait till that first weekend before they'll green light the sequel mm-hmm. in independent filmmaking. They can go, we're not even out yet. We're doing the sequel. Yeah. I Do love that kind of confidence. Scene? You're in. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. I love it. Rob. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you taking some well, time thanks for and having me on. coming on here. Everybody. We will keep you updated with the ultimate throwdown as it gets closer to release. Um, again, you know, we're friends with a lot of the people that are in this movie and I'm sure, uh, Rob will keep us updated as production goes forward and hopefully a sequel soon. So Nate, are we good? We got everything covered. A's and yeah, B's and P's. I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm going to sound a little desperate here, but putting a good word for, with, uh, Felissa Rhodes for us, you know, okay, I'll do just that. be like, Hey, Felissa, I know two really cool dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. That's right. Go go sing our praises like Bobby does for us. Yeah. But. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> that was an awesome interview. Man, we are some really funny people. We're hilarious. God, we know how to captivate questions and really ask the hard stuff that no one else is asking these days. Yeah, I don't know how well your Shrek question's going over with some of our guests we have on here. I am. Am I two for two right now? <laughs> I, I think it's two for two, somewhere around there. This one was like a... I'm not letting that bit go. It stays with me till I die. I don't I don't think you should let it go, because I think it's even funnier when we get reactions like Rob. There's no way I can get any other reactions like that, though. Like I feel like at no. this point, it's going to be nothing but Shrek 2. That, that should have been videoed. That's all I can say, is the look on Rob's face. I don't know if I want to say disappointment or regret of doing the entire interview. A little bit of A and a little bit of B. little mix, a <laughs> little mix. No, but I want to, again, thank Rob for coming on to the show. Yes, thank and you, sir. We thank are... you for uh, not being like, hey, I got to run this through legal. Turns out that's a thing when you ask for interviews. Is sometimes they have to run yeah. things through a whole press team. I didn't know that. 
I guess it depends on the size. So yeah, it depends on the involvement. I guess. Yeah, we. So uh, Rob, thank you for not being like. There's a bunch of legal red tape you gotta jump through. We we've gotten kind of lucky, and I think where we stay more on the independent side, that's less we have to deal with. But uh, little look behind the curtain, we're working on something in the future. Hopefully. That's how we found out about all of the legalities. Of uh, yeah, I'm not one to be a tease, but you <laughs> maybe something cool tease. will happen. Always something. Every week something cool happens. It's just whether or not we spice it up a little bit. You know, spicy. Why is it spicy? Um, but no, we uh, we're we're always working on stuff. So hopefully we can get back into the rotation of an interview once a month at least. Um, it's God scheduling these things is a little hard. Sometimes when a life nightmare. is crazy. A little hard. <laughs> if you want to be interviewed, go ahead and just email us. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> There's Nate's patented email uh, plug. Yeah, at pod.com. <laughs> Send us an email. We'll interview you. All that reminds me, we have neglected to do something with that. Um, we got an email. We did. And we had to promise cobwebs. We had to promise to read it on the air. And I got to make sure you didn't delete it. No, I I have not even opened the email. You did because you (laughs) responded. I did. Yeah. Uh, Our buddy Pete emailed us and said, I just wanted to say that Nate is a dumbass. That Ah, is all. Damn you, Pete. Also, by the way, the answer to our burning question of what movie was Radon Chong the demon in with uh, with James Remar was Tales from the Dark Side, 1990. So Pete answered that for you, just like mm. you asked in the My email. My name's Pete, and I pay attention to the names of movies I'm watching. That's right. And then I see your response. Damn you, Pete. I don't know what you're going for there. Um, and then Pete then emailed back, which we said, if you email us, we'll read it. Uh, you got to read it, sucker. So <laughs> bastard man does bastard things. Pete's on it, man. Even when he's not on the show, Pete's on it. From so afar. from afar, from 20 miles from you. That's, that's yep, bar- basically. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Everybody, thanks for checking out the uh, interview with us. Uh, Again, we want to thank Rob for coming on. We are completely looking forward to seeing that movie. As soon as we get information on... We will let you all know. We're just waiting just like he is right now. Yeah, I mean, we want to be the biggest cheerleaders for whoever comes on to the show. We're huge proponents of independent movies, be it action, be it horror. Honestly, just whatever it is you want to do and, you know, create. We're all behind it. It may not be our bag, but hell, we'll still support you. Yeah, we're still going to support you. Absolutely. So we will keep everyone updated. You will just pay attention to our sites. I think Rob has a um, ultimate throwdown uh, Facebook page, so you can go over there and check it out. All right, dude. Uh, well, get us the hell out of here. That way I can eat. Well, normally I, I, I repeat something from the from the movie. Um I'm just going to do a bunch of grunts and kicks. Shotgun. Get your shotgun out. Get the shotgun out. That'll work. All right.
Badass. Fights.